You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. The title of the message is Fear of Overwhelming Challenges. Overwhelming Challenges. The word fear is something that I believe that we all have something in common. That there's fear that tries to wreck us and tries to destroy us. I'm gonna throw the media team a curve. They thought I was gonna read Matthew 14 and 27, but um, I wanna read a few more verses because, is it all right if I preach maybe a couple hours today? Because my sister sent me a message a few minutes ago. She's um, in the nursery today watching the kids. And she told my sister, to, or told my wife to tell me to cut it short. So I think I might just preach till about three o'clock this afternoon. I always love doing things out of spite in her life. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, right in the middle, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is the spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Somebody say, it is I. Says, be not afraid. I know I read that probably 50 times this week. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, somebody say immediately. Amen. Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? I'm not sure. I don't think we have a mic there this morning, but you have it? I'm sorry. Ask Miss Mary to bless the reading of the word, please. Father, we come into your presence this morning in the name of Jesus just to thank you for your presence that's here. Father, you truly are in the house this morning. Father, and you didn't show up by accident, Lord. That's right. There's someone here today that needs a touch from the master's hand. Mm -hmm. We ask you, God, today to walk the aisles. Stop by that one today, God, that may be brokenhearted. Stop by that one today, God, that may have chains wrapped around them, Lord, that need to be broken. We just pray today, God, as we stand in your presence, mm -hmm. that every need in this house would be met. Father, we thank you today that you're able to speak peace to our storms, oh God. That no matter what we may face today, you said in your word, be not afraid, for it is I. 
God, if we can only rest and depend upon the master today, you have the solution, God, to each and every problem. Mm -hmm. God, we ask you this morning for our pastors. He brings the word. Anoint him afresh and anew. I pray in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, God, his thoughts, oh God, I pray. And Mm -hmm. Lord, may that word come forth, God. Father, with power, with might, Mm -hmm. and with the anointing, oh God, Mm -hmm. and let it accomplish all that you would have it to accomplish in the name of Jesus. We praise you. Amen. Put your hands together and bless the Lord while you're being seated. Mike, give me some monitor, please. I want to go back and I want to read verse 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. A few years back, one of our church members, I don't know if he's here today, he's got a small airplane, his name's Mike DeVault, and Mike invited me to go up and uh, fly with him. And I took that opportunity, and we, uh, he keeps his airplane at the Fairmont uh, runway there. And we got up, and we was flying. It was a beautiful day, and it was clear. And man, we were smooth. I mean, we were just smooth. And I can remember Mike looking over, and he says to me, Pastor, do you have a weak stomach? And I said, I remember this. I looked at him and I said, Mike, you could throw up in the middle of the floor and I could sit down in the middle of it and eat pizza. <laughs> and about that time, I'm gonna show you what he did. And this is not the actual video, but this is what he did. Can you show that please? Now listen, the engine will quit. There it goes. That's called a free fall. Now look, you hear the engine there kick back on? Where would your eyes, if you were sitting next to the pilot in that two-seater airplane, Would you be looking out the window? Would you be looking down? I don't think so. You should always keep your eyes on the pilot. Cause if the pilot looks like he's okay, you're okay. But if the pilot looks like he's in trouble, friend, you are in trouble. And I'm gonna preach today that you had better keep your eyes on the pilot because the pilot that I'm talking about is never in trouble. He's never overwhelmed. He's never fearful because he's God. He is the pilot. And if you keep your eyes on the pilot, you're gonna make it. I said, you gonna make it. Your family gonna make it. Jewel City Church is gonna make it. It'll be all right. Keep your eyes. Keep your eyes. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Peter learned the same lesson in a way. If you exchange this plane for a fishing boat, if you exchange the beautiful sky in Marion County to the tossed about Sea of Galilee, then our stories will begin to parallel. In Matthew 15 and 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves for the wind was contrary. In the midst of turbulence, you better know where to stare. I'm telling you, in the midst of turbulence, you wanna write that down. You better know where to lock your eyes on. In the midst of turbulence in your life, if you lock your eyes on God, you will never see God caught off guard. 
You will never see God fearful. You lock your eyes no matter how bad the storm is when nobody else agrees with you, when the doctor says it's going to fall apart, when the financial manager says that you're in ruin, you lock your eyes on a pilot and his name is God Almighty and he will see you through the storm. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. The Sea of Galilee was about 13 miles long and it's about seven and a half miles wide and I've had the privilege to be on it and it was so peaceful. And the winds, the way this sea is placed, it's in the foothills of the mountains and, and it's small. And all of a sudden it can be, I mean, it can be beautiful, it can be calm. Kind of like last night, I, I walked from my Aunt Tiny's down to my house and, and it was beautiful and it was calm. And, and, and I went in and I sat down and it was just so quick that the lightning and the thunder and the rain and the heavens opened up and the storm came. And it seems to me like that's the way it is on this journey in life, at least in my life. Everything can be calm. Everything can be sunshine. And all of a sudden, the storm comes. But you gotta keep your focus locked in on Christ. Peter and his friends, they knew they were in trouble. What should have been about a 60-minute boat cruise turned into an all-night battle. How many's ever been in a situation where it should have been just 60 minutes of smooth sailing? And it turned into an all-night battle or an all-week or an all-month or an all-year or maybe even a decade. They knew they were in trouble. Not only was it just being tossed about, but heaven opened up and the rain began to come. It began to fall like just buckets. You ever hear the saying, when it rains, it pours? How many can testify to that in your life? When it rains, it seems like it can be calm. And then the rain comes and all of a sudden, there's trouble everywhere. In the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, too far to turn back. I wrote this down just a few minutes before I come out of my office. Too far to turn back. But yet it seems so far to the safety of the other side of the shore. Too far to turn back. Somebody say, I've come too far to turn back. Perhaps all we need to do is substitute a couple nouns. In the middle of a divorce. See, we don't understand what it's like to be in the midst of a storm on the Sea of Galilee. But some of us know what it's like to be tossed in the middle of a divorce, tossed by guilt. And you thought about you. I've heard your testimony and how your heart was broken Tossed around by guilt, if I'd have done this, if I'd have done that, if I hadn't have done this, if I hadn't have said that. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Maybe you're caught in the middle of a storm of debt, tossed about by the creditors, calling you on the phone, sending you letters. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Caught in the midst of a recession, tossed about by stimulus packages and bailout money. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Maybe you're caught in a storm and you're tossed about by inflation. Chicken going up. Lunch meat going up. Gasoline going up. Fix your eyes. Not on the left and not on the right, but above. Fix your eyes on the one that can calm the storm. Somebody give him a hand clap. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He's God, he's more than enough. Come on, give him a hand. Give him a shout of praise. The disciples fought this storm, this cold, wet, drenching storm for some nine hours long. In the middle of the night, in the middle, in the middle, says about four o'clock in the morning, in the middle of the storm. <laughs> Woo! Till the storm passes over. Till the thunder sounds no more. Till the clouds roll forever from the sky. 
If you've ever been in that kind of a storm and the thunder left and the lightning left and the clouds rolled back, you ought to stand to your feet and give God a hand clap and a shout of thunderous praise. Get ready to show that next video, not yet. But you be ready. Matthew 14 and 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus wanted to them. How many times you've heard me say it in this pulpit, he always comes to me in the night. Always. Walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying it is the spirit. And they cried out for fear. So I got a little video I want you to see because you may not be able to really visualize. I've been on troubled waters, literally. I've been on Lake Erie one time, I'd have gave everything I had for a helicopter to come pick me up and take me home. And I wasn't eating pizza in the middle of my puke either, I can tell you that. Show that video. Have you ever felt like you wanted to go back? Have you ever felt like you couldn't make it to the other side? Have you ever felt like you was drowning and you cried out, help me Lord, he's never once let us down. They didn't expect Jesus to come to them this way and neither do you and I. We expect for Jesus to come in a hymn. We expect for him to show up in a prayer meeting. We expect for him to show up in a praise service. We expect him to show up in a Bible study. They never expected Jesus to show up in a storm. And as I look through the Bible, 
I could read about places where it spoke about Jesus being in the temple, but there is more places that you can read about where he showed up in the storm. He showed up at a cemetery. He showed up at a funeral. He showed up at a pool of Bethesda where everybody laying around was in overwhelming circumstances. Uh, we look back into the Old Testament, he showed up in a place called Egypt uh, when he'd heard his people praying for over 400 years. Uh, he showed up at the Red Sea when it looked like an overwhelming circumstance uh, and he spoke and the water parted. He showed up in the wilderness. Manna came from a Above. Water came out of a rock, out of a storm, out in the wilderness, in the desert. No food, no water. You talk about an overwhelming circumstance and God showed up. I read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You talk about an overwhelming circumstance and God led them through the fire. I read about Daniel in the lion's den, how he was able to pillow his head at night in the midst of an overwhelming circumstance. God does his finest work. I don't believe in the temple. I believe he does his finest work in the desert, in the storms. I'm just talking about me. I'm just talking about my life. I don't know about your life. Maybe God does things different, but in my life, he gets my attention and he helps me in the midst of a storm. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. A shout of praise, shout of praise. We never expect to see him in a storm. And Jesus replied in verse 27, he said, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid, it is I. It's kind of the same as saying I am here. Christ's presence conquers our fear. I am here, I am here. How many remember when you was a child and maybe you was hurt and you was fearful. Maybe you wasn't hurt, maybe you was fearful of going to the next chapter in life or whatever. And the Lord sometime this week brought back to my memory, I'd forgot all about it, but there's something about a mother's comfort. And uh, I was about 14 years old and I had no shirt on. I wouldn't do that now. And uh, I had shorts on, no helmet and no shoes. And on Teacher Road back then, it's blacktop now, back then it used to be tar and chip. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And I was doing about 40 mile an hour, maybe 50, and uh, coming by my aunt's house, and they had two cars parked there. And they had a big collie dog, and that dog ran out. I didn't see that dog until it was too late for me and the dog. And I skid across my face and my stomach and I was in shock because I was hurt, nothing broken, but them chips, them gravel was in every part of my body. And somebody called my mom and my mom and dad came down there and I was bleeding all over. And my mom said, I'm here. Huh, ain't that amazing how the Lord bring it back to my attention? I'm here, it's gonna be all right, huh? I'm here, I'm here. George Ann, I came to your house when David sat down in a chair at how old, 40s? Six. 46, strong man, passed away that quick. You needed your mom to say I'm, I'm here, but you needed God to say I'm here. I don't have nobody planned Nobody planned. Sandy, I remember leaving your house the last time. Before Kenny passed. I was crying so hard I got pulled over by the police. True story, that's a whole other story I'll tell you later. It would have been good for your mom to wrap you. And she probably did. But there's nothing like when God says, I'm here. Been there with you. Been there with you. Not only Dawn, your husband, but your granddaughter. And it's good that you have all the family support that you have. 
There's nothing like when God wraps his arms around you and says, I'm here. Danielle, three battles with cancer? Three, and I know it felt good for your mom to wrap her arms around you and for your husband to wrap his arms around you. But there's nothing like when God says, Danielle, I'm here. Your husband, your first husband died. It's good that Joan was there. Said, hey, I'm here, but there's nothing like when God says I'm here, I'm gonna take my time. I was watching you worship. This is my niece. I'm so proud of them. How old was you when your dad died? Thirteen. Thirteen. My sister had three kids. Thirteen, twelve, and eleven. Unfearful, fearful territories. Unforeseen waters. And it was good that your mom was there and grandma and grandpa and me and all the family. There comes a time when it's God that reaches his own. How, how about you, Hunter? Huh? Don't forget where God has met you. It's good that you had each other. I'll go right on around. Sherry. Sherry sitting clear over there. Sherry Whiteman at the time. I was a young man when your husband went. And how many kids did you have? Five. I talked to her this morning. I said, Sherry, God brought you to my attention this morning in my prayer. And I prayed for you because he's been faithful. I could go around the room two and three times. God's been faithful. There's something about when he says, Georgian, I'm here. Something about it when he says, don't be fearful, don't be fearful. All around the room, you ought to think about when you were sick and everybody comforted you, but there come that moment when it was you and God and God said, I'm here. I got a few of those testimonies and I've shared some, but today's not my day. Jesus replied to the disciples, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid, I'm here. That I'm here changes everything. When my mom got there, reached down, put her arms around me, and she said, I'm here. It changed everything. She said, it's gonna be all right. When I had five strokes, and my faith faltered like Peter, and that didn't make Peter a bad man. My wife was there to take my hand and say, I'm here, it's gonna be all right. But there had to come a time, Nancy, where I had to hear it from God. I'm here. My goodness gracious. Perhaps that's why God repeats the I am here pledge so often in different ways. He said in Philippians 4 and 5, the second part of that verse, the Lord is at hand. He's saying, I'm here. I'm in your storm. John 14 and 20, he says, you are in me and I'm in you. He said, I'm here. And Jesus said in John 10 and 28, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I'm gonna make it. Somebody say, I'm gonna make it. Look at your neighbor right now and say, neighbor, you're gonna make it. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm gonna make it. Romans 8 and 38, nothing. Somebody say nothing. Say it like you mean it, nothing, nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. You cannot go anywhere and look behind you and not see God. Do you hear me? The Bible said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So look back at the storms that you've been in and you can see the hand of God because surely goodness and mercy is of God and is of God and is God and has followed me and I know he's followed you all the days of your life. So when you're in a storm, you look behind and you'll see God. But when you're in a storm, you look ahead in the storm and you'll see Jesus and you'll hear his voice coming to me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So look at the storm. But focus not on the winds and the things that are going around, but latch your eyes on Jesus. Much to Peter's credit, he took Jesus at his word. 
Verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Peter would have never, 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 never made this request on a calm sea. Never. Storms prompt us to take unusual journeys. Unusual journeys. I was sitting on a bar stool. I was in a storm. My grandfather that I was raised beside of, that I cherished, that I thought he walked on water, was dying. And I'm trying to drink it away. And the Lord said to me on that bar stool, I'm here. Go to the other side. He said, I'm here. I don't want you to think that I heard the words go to the other side, but he was taking me to the other side. Why did Jesus tell the disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side? Because Gesinnerit was a fertile, well watered land. Why was the Lord saying to me, I'm here? Why was he pulling me? Because where I was at had plenty of liquid, but it was a well that wouldn't thirst my needs. And he wanted me to leave and go to the other side. Many times I've heard the voice go back. Many people have told me before, it'll never happen. But when the Lord tells you to go to the other side, it don't matter what anybody else has to say. Because he's wanting to take you out of a desert. And he's wanting to take you to a land that is well nourished and well watered. And I look where God has brought me from and I am overwhelmed. And it is nothing other than the mercies and the goodness of God. And if God, if you had that kind of God testimony, you ought to give him a hand clap of praise. For a few steps, Peter did the impossible. How'd you like to do the impossible? He defied every law of gravity and nature. Come, Peter. Come, Robert. Come, Aaron. Come, Johnny. Come, Robbie. Come, Bruce. Even you, Bruce. <laughs> Peter came down out of the ship and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. I love this. Matthew moves quickly, quickly to the major message of the event, and I hope you don't miss it. Where to stare during a storm. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. He took his eyes off of Jesus and he put his eyes on the wind, the storm. We may not take our eyes off of Jesus and put it on the winds and the, and the waves and the rain, but I've been guilty many a times of taking my eyes off of Jesus and my eyes off of where he called me to go. Give the storm waters more attention than the storm walker and you will sink like a brick. Sink like a brick. I shared it probably in the past, but in the last few months I wrote down on my desk on a, just, a, just a notebook piece of paper, you started right and you're gonna end right. Keep your eyes on Jesus and what he's called you to do. Do whatever it takes to keep your eyes on Jesus. Stand with me this morning. Nobody coming to a piano. Nobody coming to the stage. I want you to just stand with me. During overwhelming challenges, and I've had them, and I've had pity parties, but when I take my eyes off the storm and I put my eyes back on Christ. 
And I start singing a new song instead of woe is me. And I start singing stuff like great is thy faithfulness. <laughs> Make the deliberate decision to set your hope on him. I, 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 I don't know the words, so you're gonna get a good laugh at this. I have decided to follow Jesus. And I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. You've got a hand clap, just remain standing. Just allow me a few more minutes. My sister Nina, be patient with me. <laughs> Let's go back about 600 years before Peter and the disciples to a book, Lamentations chapter three. Jeremiah did this and you talk about a person that was caught in a storm. Listen, I'll try to be quick. I got you up kind of early, but Lamentations chapter three, verse one, it said, I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath let me and brought me in the darkness, but not in the light. Surely against me he is turned. He turneth his hand against me all the day. Have you ever felt like that? Jeremiah was depressed. You know, I Googled that too. One out of every six people in America suffer depression at some point in time in their life. Every year, 17.6 million people suffer depression. It's nothing to laugh at or to take light. Jeremiah was so depressed. Jerusalem was under siege. His nation was under duress. Have you ever felt like, you know, we, we sang a song, speak the name of Jesus over our family. You ever feel like your family's just under duress? It just seemed like Jeremiah's world collapsed. Have you ever built a sandcastle on the ocean and on the beach and everything's fine and water's way down there and you turn around and boom, it's gone. Have you ever had life struggles hit you like that? Share, share with me your testimony. Just by sharing me a hand, show me a hand. He faulted God for his horrible emotional distress. He also blamed God for his physical ailments. Verse four, my flesh and my skin hath he made old. He hath broken my bones. His body ached, his, his heart was sick and his faith was small. He hath built it against me, verse five, and compassed me with gall and travail. Jeremiah felt trapped. Have you ever felt trapped? <sighs> Been times I felt trapped. Verse seven, he has hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath made my chain heavy. Also when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. He hath made my paths crooked, Jeremiah realized that he was sinking fast. Crystal, have you ever felt like that? Were you just sinking? I got a word for you today. Romans 8, 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Get that in your spirit. For I, I, I want to read it again. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am convinced that in overwhelming challenges, it's gonna be all right. Jeremiah realized how fast he was sinking but then he said in verse 21, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. He said, I'm here. 
They are new every morning. He don't give us no stale bread. They are new every morning. Every morning. Every morning I thank God for another day. I thank God for a protector for another day. I thank God for a healer. I thank God for a provider. It's new every day, every day. He said, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, I will hope in thee. But this I call to mind, he says. Depressed Jeremiah altered his thoughts and shifted his vision, shifted his vision. I've been there where I had to alter my thoughts and shift my vision, not to where I wanted to see, but shift my vision to what God wanted me to see. God wants me to see what God sees. He turned his eyes away from the waves, so, so to speak, and he looked into the wonder of God. In the face of affliction, Jeremiah pointed the people to the source of salvation. Three facts that I wanna share with you in this passage. Three things that encourage us to turn to him for salvation and deliverance. One, God is a God full of love and a God that is full of compassion. Can somebody say amen? amen. In Psalms 86 and 15, but thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering uh, long suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. I don't know about you, but he's been long-suffering for me because I don't always have it right. I don't always have it together. I'm not always who you think that I might be. I don't know about you. Maybe you're always at the foot of the cross, but brother, I struggle sometimes. But I know that I know that when I get my eyes back on him, he'll reach down like he did Peter, and he'll say, Peter, come on, son. You've struggled long enough. Come unto me. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Second thing I know. Somebody say the second thing. God is faithful. Oh, I'll let you down. Pastor Aaron will let you down. Somebody around you will let you down. But God ain't never gonna let me down. God is a God that is faithful. Deuteronomy 7 and 9, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandment to a thousand generations. And I'm in that thousand. Oh, no weapon formed against me, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You've got a covenant God. You've got a God that you've come into agreement with. And in the midst of your fear and your overwhelming situations and struggles, let your eyes on Jesus. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. And the last fact, somebody say the last one. The very presence of God will save. The very presence of God will save all believers. He'll say, I'm here, I'm here. Isaiah 43 and two, when thou passest through the waters, not if you pass through the waters, but when you pass through the waters. I got a phone call by accident last night. They call it butt dial. Somebody said, I can't believe he said butt. Turn around, look, you got one. And it was my good friend, Dennis Snyder, and I don't know if he's here. He usually sits there in the back. And their daughter was in her 20s. And they lost her several years. They didn't lose her. She went to be with the Lord. And he said, Pastor, watch 11 o'clock news tonight. He said, they're going to mention our daughter on, on the news. I said, well, I thought one thing. I thought, I just, can I be honest with you? Because I'm not at the foot of the cross. I thought to myself, buddy, at 11 o'clock, I'm going to be sleeping. <laughs> And then I realized, and I said to him, I said, our TV's not been working for a couple of days. Somewhere along the line, the Lord spoke to him, Melissa, and said, I'm here. That's why they're still here today. Still walking with God. Why are you here? He didn't cause of you. It's because somewhere along your storm, God said, I'm here. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And when thou walk through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Storms is not an option, but fear is.
I've been through a few storms, not, nothing like a lot of you. How come I can look back still serving God 38 years of my life? I can look back and see that every time I went through a storm, I seen God. But I'm in the storm, when I'm in the storm and I look ahead, for some reason I doubt the same God that was behind me. And I don't see until he says, I'm here. I won't close by saying this, Psalms 34 and four, I sought the Lord and he healed me and he delivered me from all of my fears. He said, I'm here. I believe he's here this morning. I believe he's here. How do I know he's here? Because I brought him with me. Jimmy, he's here. How about my prayer team? Excuse me, I don't know why I say that. How about our prayer team coming, coming forward? Pastor Kerry or whoever you had planned to sing that song I asked you to. Give them a second. Listen, it's, it's 1130, it's early. Some of you stand at a ball field for hours and hours to get in or a concert or whatever. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, why has he always got to mention the ball games? Some of you I prayed for this morning. Some of you specifically, the Lord laid on my heart to pray for you. He says, I'm here. I'm here. Rosie, you've been through some tough times. But the Lord's been with you. Go right around the room, man. How many's been through some tough times and you know the Lord's been with you, huh? That's right. So if you're here today, oh man, I've just seen Aaron Hawkins. I was, honestly, I was praying for you this morning. I remember the other day you said, going out to sanctuary, you said to me, I believe it was 36 or 37, 38 cancer treatments. How many was it? 30 what? 32. 32. I need some help in my math. 32. The Lord's been good to you both. Yes. He's been good to you. Been good to you, brother. Huh? Been good to you. This man told me this morning that his heart, the pumping rate, was, was 14%. Today it's 50. Now today it's 50. He told me that earlier today. It's because... Because he's here. I'm here. Some of you are going through some marriage difficulties today. Why don't you step out of your boat? You say, well, that would be uncomfortable. Other people would be watching me. Other people was in the boat with Peter. Ha. Peter said, I, I can't stay here because the Lord, he's calling me. And he stepped out and he came. And he experienced, he broke all laws of gravity for a few moments. And he experienced the supernatural. <laughs> and he didn't make him any less when he went under. Because I believe after he went under, Steve, and the Lord rescued him, his faith grew. His faith grew. If you're here today and you're going through marriage difficulties, you say, oh, I don't want nobody watching me walking down there. I wouldn't care who was watching me. If I could get out of my boat and go to Jesus and get some help. Maybe you're going through financial difficulties. I don't know what your storm may be. We all have different storms, but we all have the same God. I'm not gonna beg anybody. As she begins to sing, would you come to one of these prayer parties? And maybe you don't wanna to come to one of them. Maybe you just wanna to come to the altar. Maybe you wanna come and have me pray for you. I'll pray for you. But as she begins to sing, would you come? Would you come? Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father, and there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not.
smile and every eye closed. Just be in an attitude of prayer. Is your heart right with the Lord Jesus? Is he speaking to you? Come. I encourage you, you can trust him. You can trust him. He loves you and he cares about you. He cares about the storm that you're in. If you're here this morning, right where you're at, and you'd like to receive Christ, the storm calmer, would you lift your hand and say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. Right where you're at. Is there one? Is there one? Don't put it off. The Lord's speaking to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. Is there one? Slip your hand and say, yes, I want to give my life to Christ. Usually I don't tarry. There's an overwhelming touch on your life. And he loves you. And he wants to help you. He wants to lift that from you. One last. Is there one? Would slip your hand high. Slip your hand high. Is there one? And I want you to know that it doesn't happen. It doesn't have to take place right here. But it has to take place. If the Lord is speaking to you, surrender and ask him to forgive you of your sins and ask him, say, Lord, I'm in trouble. I need help. And he'll help you. And then share that. Share that. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 